man, what a great day to be an eagle. Mercy. All right, Eagle Nation, it is bowl season. It's bowl time, and we know where we will be bowling. Georgia Southern will be going to the Myrtle Beach Bowl um, in familiar territory, uh, right? Not in Myrtle Beach, <laughs> in Conway, South Carolina. No. 20 minutes away. It's the Conway. <laughs> Conway. It's the Conway Bowl. The Conway Bowl. <laughs> um, so, yes, beautiful Conway, South Carolina, um, in the uh, familiar uh, confines of uh, Brooks Stadium, I believe it is, where the home of Coastal Carolina. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it uh, December what sixteenth is is the game. Um, it's at eleven a.m. It's going to be nine a.m. here where I am in in Colorado. Kegs and eggs, folks. Kegs and Kegs eggs. And eggs. Um, I you know I considered making the trip because I uh, unfortunately was not able to make it to to any games this year, um, home or away. Uh, the flights, what a fan, what a fan. I know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) the flights are, are ridiculous, but the hotels there are cheap, man. (laughs) Like, like I was looking, I don't know how they are like now, but I looked on, on like Sunday night and Monday, I think. And, um, yeah, you can get like hotels on the beach, like in, in nicer ones, not like the rundown crap motels, you know, and, and, Myrtle Beach, but oh, not you mean like the hourly hotels? Not the hourly hotels, like <laughs> like the vacation clubs for like eighty bucks a night, man, like or or, or less, yeah. Um, so it's not vacation season. I don't know, man. I'm used to Colorado prices. I'm like, what is it? That's like That's the true. cost of like dinner. Um, so uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but but yeah, so so obviously we know our uh, bowl, we know our opponents, the Ohio Bobcats, um, out of the MAC. Um, that's the school that dots their eye, right? With the that has the good band and the yeah, the great band. Yeah, the O H I O and the dot and the. They had their sign stolen. They had their right? sign stolen. Their their mascot's yes, like a yes. nut. Correct. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, gonna be a that's, huge that's matchup. Huge matchup, Kenny, especially <laughs> the way we finished the season. Um, but Ooh. but no, we will talk about the actual Ohio University Bob, Bobcats. We'll uh. Preview that matchup. We do have some stats. I think we're a little bit more prepared, maybe, uh, for this one than we normally are because we've had uh, more. That bar is not very high. The bar is not very high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we're usually recording on on Saturday nights right after the game, or sometimes Sunday night. So not a not a ton of prep time for the um, for the next game. But but we had extra days here, so um, we'll prepare for that. But welcome to Gata Talk as always. Um, thank you to our sponsor, Can Cut Tools, um, Andy Thompson, um, uh, founder, CEO, um, uh, alumni of Georgia Southern. It's premium drill bits and cutting tools. Um, it is it is the holidays. It's gifting season. Um, so <clears throat> that that uh, that person in your life that, um, you know, has has a home home shop in the garage has uh, or, you know, works in a mechanic shop, works in fabrication, you know, what what have you. Um, go check them out. Um, cancut.com, K-N-K-U-T.com. 
So, um, Cody, let's talk about the bowl selection first. Um, so obviously there was a ton of speculation out there. You never really, I don't think as a fan or like a serious fan, like put too much stock in like all the projections and stuff. Cause have no. like most of the time they have no idea what they're talking about, especially when it goes to the lower tier bowls. Um, and like the group of five, their main thing is in what there's like 83 bowls now. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so like, you know, they, they try to, they they put more research into uh, the New Year Six bowls and obviously the college football playoff and predicting that. But when it gets to the bunk, you know the the Camellia Bowl and the Myrtle Beach Bowl, um, they just like throw darts on a board. Um, I've I've seen some publications literally pick schools that were like not even bowl eligible or pick schools from conferences that don't have tie-ins to that bowl. You know, but um, so but through all of them, obviously you still pay attention to it because you see them posted on social media. I didn't really see Myrtle Beach. I don't think posted a lot. There was a few. Boca was a big one that people were throwing yeah. out there. Um, the to the, the the Toasty Bowl, the, to- the something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Charlotte, North Carolina, was was thrown out there. That obviously is one that is a like affiliate bowl. It's not one of our like main tie-ins with the Sunbelt Conference. Um, same with Boca. Uh, so, you know, I think people were maybe getting a little excited about that. Like maybe we go do a different place, but this is still a different place. It's, it's a familiar place again, because it's the home of a conference foe. Um, but, and yeah, it's on the teal turf there in Conway, but it's, uh, it's, it's a bowl that we haven't been to yet. So, um, we've only had one repeat, right. And that was Montgomery. Um, I was at the first one. It was, I thought a good experience for that one. It was, uh, it was the same weekend as, as the Merle beach bowl first weekend of bowl season, not that close to Christmas. Obviously we won, we beat Eastern Carolina. I was able to rush the field. It was awesome. Um, but last year, not a great experience, <laughs> right? No, I went um, to the one last year and it was not a great experience. Did you go to the, I, yeah, I did that okay, one. For yeah, some reason, Buffalo. I didn't think you did. Okay. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, obviously the, the, the city wasn't right for us. So pretty much the mantra going into bowl season this year was, you know, any, anywhere but Montgomery and Hey, Myrtle beach is different than Montgomery. And I think it's, it's honestly a huge upgrade. I like, you could say what you will about it, but as as I said, um, when we closed out the season with our fourth straight loss in the month of November um, against App State, you know, finished in six and six, you can argue that we didn't even deserve to go to bowl in the first place. Obviously, you know, I want that as a fan. I want that for our seniors especially, but all of our players. Um, but... Yeah, we, I mean, do do we really deserve it? I mean, there's definitely, like, other more deserving teams out there, right? Well, I, um, think, I think when it comes to deserving, we for the first two months of the season, we played really good football. Oh, yeah. And, and you can't take that away. We had two hiccups in two weeks, Johnson and JMU. Six weeks we played, played our butts off and we won. Um, yeah. And, and we were more than deserving to be a bowl team, obviously. Uh, did we end the season the way that we hoped? Absolutely not. Um, and you know, it's kind of one of those things to where if, if we were to go like win, loss, win, loss, win, loss the entire season and finish the month of November <laughs> two and two, but with the same schedule, would we feel more optimistic about going to the bowl game or less optimistic? I mean, we had the same record, but with the way that we ended the season with as poorly as we played, um, in certain games and then in other games, you felt like we kind of just shot ourselves in the foot. Yeah, it was a kind of a disheartening feeling as a fan leading up 
to bowl selection. I felt like there wasn't a lot of buzz to it, really, until we actually got picked for a bowl. And then I feel like the fans, at least online, started to kind of get more into it over the last well, couple of weeks. Almost felt I mean, like days. it like wasn't. Yeah, yeah, like it almost felt like it wasn't gonna happen, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, we knew it was, right? We we knew obviously there wasn't even enough uh, bowl eligible teams, so you obviously had Jacksonville State and James Madison both get in. Um, oh, they didn't but, need a court order to get in. Yeah, right. They didn't there was need no judge. Right. The things just played um, out as it did, and they every guy just played out. Wow, they played out all right, man. And, yeah, in in Indiana. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Hoosiers, baby. But, uh, yeah, uh, but uh, but yes, I, I I agree. I I think there wasn't a lot of like buzz leading up to it, and then once it was announced, like then people started to get a little excited, making plans and um, thinking, okay, cool, we get to mm-hmm. play one more time. Let's let's do it. We know our opponent, we know our uh, destination, and we know the date. So, um, but but yeah, uh, the the bowl itself, like honestly, I'm excited about it. It's the first weekend of bowl season obviously we've been there before with that first uh camellia bowl with the cure bowl with uh, i think mobile was uh, actually after christmas uh when we did the GoDaddy and be bowling green um but yeah we've, we've played on this weekend um several times it is on national tv like most of them are um but it's on main espn it is an early game with an 11 o'clock kickoff but I, I think it's a pretty good placement. Um, we're the first bowl game. We're the first, yeah, we're the very first bowl game. So there you go. We're literally kicking off bowl season. So there's going to be college football and enthusiasts and the, and the sickos committee yeah. and all that, right? That 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 watch this game. Um, and you know, it's uh, beggars can't be choosers, no. right? So like, I think it could be a lot worse, right? We could we could find ourselves in Camellia and, and Montgomery again. Even even Mobile, I, I think I think those like midweek games and those ones close to Christmas, they're just really hard. Um, obviously for travel, um, you know this one is uh, very close proximity, right? Especially to the Atlanta area, Cody. I don't know how far Statesboro is. I think it's like three and a half four I, hours. I thought it was under four because yeah. I remember I, I we made one trip to it. I believe. Um, when I was in school, I don't think you were with me, but uh, with with the man of my now wife, uh, we went uh, randomly and, and did it all in one day. Um, but uh, but yeah, like it's um, it's close proximity uh, to Statesboro. It's uh, even closer proximity, I believe, to Atlanta area, depending on where you are in the Atlanta area. Um, but, but yeah, and it's on a Saturday. So like leave Friday night, you'd have to leave probably, you know, pretty early to get there by 11 if you left Saturday morning, but it's manageable. It's definitely manageable to drive back after the game. So I, I think all things consider again, beggars can't be choosers. Um, I'm happy with the selection and obviously hope that it goes well and that we, yeah, we according get to Google from Atlanta to Conway is five and a half hours. So not not the uh, not a bad Statesboro, Statesboro is depending on how you go, either three hours and forty five minutes or roughly four hours. So it's yeah, closer. Interesting. Uh, so there you closer, go. Right. So it's not it's not a terrible trip. I mean, it is in the sense that since there's an early game time, that you probably want to go the night yeah. before if you're the Atlanta area. But if you're in Statesboro, or the Low Country, you can probably get away with. I was you could probably get away with getting that, up at yeah. six and being there by the time the games get started. There you go. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, outside of the the you know 
Montgomery and Mobile, you have the New Orleans Bowl, you have Orlando, that's eight hours. Um, New Orleans, I believe, is somewhere around that from like Atlanta area. Um, so yeah, it's 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 close. It's close ish. Um, so yeah, um, I I guess I guess now, Cody, let's talk about the. I don't know. What do you want to talk? Do it? Do we want to preview Ohio right off the bat here? Do we want to talk? So I guess some setting the table here. So we're recording this on the sixth um, of December. That it will probably be out um, late, a little later this week. Hopefully, um, there's no audio issues. Already, a lot of stuff. Hopefully there's no audio issues, but I was going to say, hopefully there's no like big news. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess unless it's like big news in our favor, but, but anyone who's followed us, we're in season six. Anytime we do one of these, especially yes. when it gets to like, we do this it early point too. in the season, there's always something um, we do it, we do it early and like literally within 24 or 48 hours, like huge news. There's a coaching change or we let go of a coordinator or there's a big transfer portal. Um, you know, announcement. There has been some news that we can discuss um, just in the the four or five days that have passed since the bowl selection, um, and and also and also the week and a half since the App State game. Um, I guess we can start with some good news that that actually broke today. Um, again, on the sixth is Jalen White is coming back, so that's that's huge, huge news. Um, I think a lot of people were under the impression that he was done with his el- eligibility. That is not the case. He still has one year, um, and he he made an announcement with a full uh, video that that the school shared out um, that he that he's coming back. So obviously he, he battled injury last year. Um, he still battled uh, you know some some nagging injuries this year as well. Um, but obviously played really well when when he got the touches. We've, you know, obviously know that we wanted to see him touch the ball even more. Um, but but it's great. I mean, yeah, it, we, we it goes without saying how much of a weapon he is and just really glad to have him back in the offense. Yeah, obviously no, it's it's great that um, to get that news. Uh, it's great in the sense that it keeps our running back uh, depth um, really good at this point. Right. You'll have him, O.J. Arnold, hopefully. Um, Badinga, uh, you still have Gibbs that's back there too, um, and others. So uh, the the running back room with him in it is is really really deep, and you have plenty of options to to rotate in and rotate out, and if you need a breather or not. So that's great. Um, I think, and we talked about this a little bit um, throughout the day, especially after this broke, is that it seems that with this announcement. It shows that there's a, a a lot of confidence with current players in the system yes. and with the coaching, um, which is huge, right? You don't know how that's going to be, especially when you have the month that you just had in November, where you go zero and four. Um, yeah, yeah, and we and we saw it on the field, right? We saw a lackluster play. We saw um, team looking unprepared. We saw a team looking undisciplined at times. We saw a team looking flat 
at times, right? And and yeah, you there's a lot of speculation. Where is that coming from? Is there a culture problem? Is it a locker room problem? Is there a problem with a particular player, right? Like so so yeah, I, I think having one of yes. your captains, yeah. right, and one of your leaders, um, and and obviously best players, um, and Jalen White, um, have that formal announcement saying I'm coming mm-hmm. back. That is a great signal that there is trust. Um, in that locker room and in yeah, within the so organization and program, it's to me that's it's big, big that he's coming back personally because he's such a great athlete and and obviously a really good leader, great leader for the team. But yeah, to me, there's even a, a bigger signal there that there's trust in the system. So, uh, uh speaking of which, I think my count as far as transfer portal goes is that there's only three players that have been that I've seen that have been named. Yep, a, a defensive and a defensive tackle. And then, obviously, the quarterback, Bo Allen, who was... Yep, who was... Bo Allen was probably the biggest one. No starters, I believe, uh, went in. They the long snapper was at the beginning the of the season. I, I had noticed yeah. um, near the end that he seemed to be either like not dressed out. I don't know if that was for injury or for what, but it appeared that uh, I'm not too surprised that he's in there. Um, he's great at long snapper, but I don't know if he got injured or if he just lost the job throughout, you know, as the season went along. Um, but regardless, as of right now, in the sixth, seventh that we're doing this, um, only three players that we know of have entered the portal. Yeah, which is a great sign. Again, I mean, it it, it really is, and I mean, you're seeing all around. I mean, again, James Madison's coach, uh, Kurt Signetti, um, leaves for Indiana. Pretty much, I think it was within like 24 hours, there was like a mass exodus of a lot of their starters. They had a lot of their recruits also pull out. Um, Jordan McLeod, um, their their quarterback that transferred in from Arizona and then South, and South Florida, um, he he's entered the portal. So, you know, I don't think there will be much of a surprise if he ends up uh, with Signetti at, at Indiana, but maybe he ends up somewhere else. But, yeah, like it's, you know, and obviously that's a coaching change, so that's going to happen. But you had – um, yeah, Grayson McCall, uh, he enters the portal, um, uh, again for the second straight year, obviously he can come back. That's what he did last year. Uh, we all know why. Um, I think things are a little different now. I believe he did graduate. So he's, he he's entering as a grad student. So, yeah. so with grad students, you don't have to have, I think the academic requirements in terms of GPA whenever you're transferring out. So that should at least open up a little bit more doors, at least, you know, but don't you that have was to be accepted into graduate school? That's what I've heard with the grapevine. That's just, that's so weird. I like, know. You have to have like a 3.0 or higher usually to get in most graduate schools. Um, interesting. Well, uh, I guess, so So shift now, I, the other biggest change, which is obviously more somber um, because he's he's a great man. And he's an eagle um, but Kevin Whitley, um, uh, being coach here for a while, obviously, like I said, he, he played for us, was all American under Irk. Um, he, uh, was obviously the interim coach under Lunsford, uh, when he was let go in the 21 season. Um, and it was announced 
this week as we're recording this that um, Whitley has left the program. They, we've parted ways with him. He won't be uh, coaching the team, um, the defensive backs, uh, in the bowl game. Um, and we turned around really quickly within, like, I want to say it was like 48 hours. It, it was just a couple days. Um, we replace him and then we hire a new quarterbacks coach um Darius Sta- uh, uh, Safford which is another um alumni uh so that's that's an area where we are um hold on let me let me stop you there I think you said cornerbacks coach right not the not the quarterback coach but the corners cornerback okay. yeah okay cornerback yeah um and yes so he he was a cornerback for us um, he was there during the, the Munkin years. He played against Florida. Um, and, uh, yeah, so now we're, we're, we're obviously seeing this with, uh, with Johnson coaching the wide receivers and right. Bringing back a lot of those, um, young, uh, alumni. Was it Eubanks um, with the safeties, U- right? Eubanks with the safeties. So there is, you go. So this is a third former player and the fourth, um, fourth overall coach that was is affiliated with the program prior with Bailey being a student here. So there you go. Yeah. A lot of connections, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yes. And, and, you know, uh, Helton did get asked in a, in a press conference about, you know, Whitley leaving. And honestly, I thought it was one of his most candid responses um, since he's been coach here. I mean, yes, there was a lot of coach speak still in there and like, not sugarcoating, but just being like very like PC and, you know, um, but, you know, he talked about how much obviously he respects uh, Whitley and how they're great friends, but he, you know, just laid out the situation of, of what it was right where um, we uh, we brought in Brandon Bailey because obviously Will Harris leaves abruptly right in the spring. Yep. Not a lot of time to turn around and find his replacement. We're able to find Bailey. Obviously, that worked out at least so far because the defense, while not far from perfect, um, was improved this year. Um, but he came in and had, you know, the 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 cupboard was full with with groceries that he didn't buy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like like it, it it just was like it, it like he had Will Harris's staff. Um, that that he got to hire, that he got to choose and handpick, um, and he had to make something happen with it. Obviously, Whitley was the lone carryover from the Lunsford years, um, and you know uh, he he uh, retained his title as assistant head coach on top of uh, coaching defensive backs. And, um, yeah, and, and Helton was basically like, look, like we, we brought him in, Bailey did what he could with what he had, but you know, it's in, in fairness to him, um, and like his longevity here and success here, like we need to give him free reign to make changes within his, uh, defensive coaching staff. Right. And, and that apparently was one of those changes. Now, are are there going to be more possibly, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe they come in after the bowl game. I don't know. Uh, but obviously that was, that was a big one. Yeah, it is a big one. Um, it's mixed feelings, right? Like at the same time, you understand where coach Helton and coach Bailey coming from, but at the same time you hurt because this is a, a man who has been an Eagle for a very, very long time, obviously has connections with Irk for playing underneath him winning a national championship. Um, 
and has has been a a lifelong I mean has been been an eagle supporter for a very very long time so much that he came back to coach um even after having a a really stellar high school record as a head coach I think it was at Stockbridge um if I'm not mistaken so uh no I think uh we wish coach Whitley and his family the best um obviously um it's tough I mean from my perspective, there wasn't much that we really criticized as far as the corners go, at least this year goes, if I remember correctly. Um, but I think, you know, it it makes sense that if Coach Bailey wants to set his staff a certain way, he needs to have the freedom to do so. Um, it just kind of sucks that this is at least the first domino to fall from that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. And But I will say, like, with his replacement with Safford, um, again, you, you get alumni, you get, you know, yes, he's a younger guy, um, but he obviously knows the program. He he was here during successful yep. years playing under Munkin, um, and he's he's got a fair amount of experience, um, you know, where some of these other guys, like I, I think he has certainly as much, if, if not more so, I think more so than – than them. I mean, he comes from Kennesaw State, um, and you know, we just announced today that we're going to have a home and home with them in twenty what in thirty ten years, thirty two and thirty three in ten years. We'll be in our mid forties. Uh, My oh kids God. will be teenagers. Oh, oh that's terrifying. Yes, um, it is t- terrifying. But- it is yeah, for it you. Really it really is, is terrifying. Three yeah. girls, three um, teenagers. But, That's what I'm going to be dealing with oh, when these games happen. Yeah, we might not be doing the podcast. We may not be then. doing the podcast. <laughs> we might have retired. Um, but but yeah, he 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 came from uh, Kennesaw State. Obviously, you know they had a bad season this year. They're transitioning to um, to FBS and and uh, Conference USA. Uh, but they yeah, that had, needs to be highlighted. I know that there was some talk as to why we're having a home and home with them. I think folks are either confused or not realizing that Kennesaw State will be a FBS member for whatever that means considering the new for 10 years the yeah, new <laughs> the new uh NIL rule that has been proposed but regardless the yeah, right Kennesaw State will be a they'll be the same yeah, level as be us. a conference USA member and by the time we play been a conference for at least what 8 or 9 years so at that point, yes. it will be if let's just say all stays the same. Probably not, but let's just say all stays the same. We will both be established group of five programs, well on our way to to trying to get um, conference championships and and playoff buy-ins or or playoff um, aspirations. So, um, it'll be interesting, right? Um, you can see it forming as a rivalry. Uh, but we have to play each other in order for that yeah. to out of conference yeah, type rivalry. Yeah, for sure. And and I mean, it's I think it's a good thing. I know people were commenting online of like, oh, there's too many group of five teams, and it's like, no, there's no, there's three. Yeah, there's three. Right, and like, go look at Texas. Three, go look at Florida. There's only five. <laughs> go look That's at North Carolina. <laughs> North Carolina has so many FBS schools. It's crazy. Duke, North Carolina, App State, NC State, Wake Forest, um, Charlotte. Yeah. You know, like, come on. And so, um, and oh, look at Ohio. We're playing a MAC team, right? We're playing yeah. Ohio University. You've got Bowling Green. I thought that Kentucky. was in, uh, when we played them years back, <laughs> I thought it was Kentucky. No, it was Bowling Green, Ohio. You got Akron. You yeah. got Toledo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. 
Um, so you got Miami of Ohio, <laughs> you know, so, um, th- there, there are tons of States that are uh, geographically not even like as, as big as the state of Georgia, um, that have far more, not just group of five teams, but FPR, yeah, FBS yeah. teams and power five teams. Um, I've always been amazed by the, the lack of FBS teams in, in the state of Georgia. Um, cause obviously state is still new. Um, we're still fairly new, um, within, you know, 10 years and, um, yeah, so I, I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, I, I actually like that they're like in another conference and I, I definitely could see like in state out of conference yeah. rivalry yeah. starting with them. Um, I think it's yeah. good that we've done this so. nine to 10 years in the future. Um, instead of like right off the bat, I know that our schedule is full, um, within the next three or four years, but again, I like the idea that we're going to allow them at least eight or nine years to get themselves. Yeah. They're going to have the same amount of time. Now. They're going to mm-hmm. be where we are now. Yep. I mean, at, at least time wise to, to make their presence known. Um, what they do with it obviously is up to them, but, but yeah, so that, that's the thing It's like you and, and yeah, we'll obviously double that. We'll be two decades in, there'll be a decade in, um, and again, but, should be uh, a, yeah, should be facilities a very easy will look game a lot for different. Our Atlanta alumni to get to. Um, so oh yeah, we should have a big presence there, like you know, state when we play up there in Atlanta. For sure, they won't be running the triple option. You know, like it's like these kind of things. It's like yeah, yeah. again, it's ten years from now, so much can change. Look at us, you know, ten years from now or ten years ago, we were first year transition beating Florida. Yeah, um, actually, this time in twenty ten years ago right. was about the time the news broke. Maybe a little bit before this when. When Munkin went to Army. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh. So, um, but yeah, anyway, I uh, got sidetracked there. But Safford, uh, coming from Kennesaw State, he also uh, was at Mercer for a little bit. Um, West Georgia. Um, so he's made his rounds with, with like the lower tier schools um, in Georgia. But uh, but yeah, I mean, done done pretty impressive things. Again, um, the cornerbacks at uh, at Kennesaw State um, played really well and got national attention under his watch. So um, yeah, I, I think it's a good pickup. Um, obviously, it's one that was probably on the radar. Um, I would say of of how quickly it it moved. Um, but but yeah, I mean, again, I like I like Bailey. Um, I, I'd like to see what he can do with yeah. his guys um you know at the end of the day this is a business and you've got to put the right people around you um to succeed yeah right? and, and and yeah what this is i what it is. you mentioned hit me listing off the schools you talk about mercer kennesaw state and west georgia it should seem to me that he should have a pretty uh roots in recruiting in the state of georgia since he's been here so long with the likes of those schools, right? Especially around the metro area, um, being around Kennesaw State. So I'll be interested to see what kind of recruiter he is going, maybe not this year, obviously, because of he's just now getting on the job, uh, but going into, yeah. you know, the next signing period at the end of 2024 and moving forward would be interesting to see just how well he can help us in the recruiting aspect, especially around metro Atlanta um, and honestly, central Georgia with him being at Mercer. 
Yeah, no, 100%. Because, like, what you have to keep in mind is, like, people will be like, oh, well, he was recruiting, like, FCS talent. Yeah, but that FCS talent was at schools Correct. where FBS talent Exactly. Is. Like, he's right? still so going So he has relationship do. with those head coaches. Exactly. He has relationship yep. with those ADs at those schools. Um, so, yeah, he can he can call, call up the guy that's been at, you know, Stockbridge High or at Collins Hill or Mill Creek or, right, like, all, all these, like, powerhouse yep. – um, schools now and, uh, you know, Buford and be like, Hey coach, like who you got for me? Exactly. Oh yeah. I got this guy. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, no, uh, that, yeah, that's a great point. Um, cool. So let's see. I think, I think that really covers all of the, is that all the news? Happenings. I think so. The notable stuff. Um, so, yeah, I guess let's go ahead and preview. We're going to do fun facts. We've got fun facts. We're bringing fun facts back. Hey, it can't <laughs> hurt this point, right? <laughs> no, no, exactly. I, I I contemplated it, and I'm like, you know, uh, yeah, for those who don't know, and I know people are, like, really excited now <laughs> that it's called for this because we have had several people that ask about it. Um, but, yeah, maybe you're listening for the first time this season. Who knows? Um it was a very short-lived segment. Which is wild, because that's, like, the most requested thing very that we have. It's, like, the only reason people listen to us, <laughs> of, like, waiting for this moment of we finally come around and bring back Fun Facts. But it was just such a stupid segment, and it was, like, you know, I mean, it, it was, like, we, we did very little research. We literally just Google searched something, and we, like, made up some stuff and made fun of certain towns. Uh, Coastal Carolina was actually on there because we we did it. I believe it was uh, last year. Was it last year that we did it? I guess it I was so, right. Yeah, because we were going to Coastal and and we made fun of like Conway and we made fun of like tie dye t shirts and stuff on the beach and all of that and like um, we did this for two but, weeks and had two heartbreaking losses and we were like no more. Was it just two weeks? Yeah. I thought it was four. Maybe, but it was, okay. I feel like yeah. now it was only two. I thought we did it for Coastal. And the state game. And then we were like, no, no more. <laughs> the, the way people talk about it, you'd think that it was like a running segment for like our first five seasons. <laughs> but but yeah, it, it wasn't. But here, here we are. We're bringing it back. And I actually did research this time. So I've, I've got some I've got some facts. I don't know how fun they are. I, I've got some facts about no uh, research for this. I've got some facts about the University of Ohio. I've got some facts about uh, some notable alumni. They've actually got some actually pretty pretty impressive notable alumni at at uh, Ohio University. But um, and then uh, Myrtle Beach facts and some Conway facts. Um, Conway was hard. <laughs> Conway was really hard. Um, but uh, we've got that. So I guess I guess we could do that now um, and then go into previewing. Ohio game. So, um, yeah, Cody, yeah, you're going to be hearing these for the first time because I came up with them like an hour before okay. recording this. Um, but uh, so we'll start with just some general facts about um, Ohio University. So um, open in 1808. They had one building, three students and one professor. You can't count yourself a college or a university <laughs> if it's one professor and three students. One professor, no. three no. students, Cody. Three. I can't. I can't go out here and down the dirt road I live on and find three random folks and be like, "All right, we're going to start ourselves a college." You know what? That that's not called a college, Cody. <laughs> that's called a cult. <laughs> that's called a cult. 
you just started a cult, my friend, and you are the leader. Listen to this conspiracy um, theory, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Follow me. Drink this Kool-Aid. Um, so, <laughs> oh, dude, I love cults. I like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big fan. You love fan. cults? Like, I don't, like, like I. Like the Indianapolis yeah, like, cults? I, no, no, no. Like, no cults. Like, C-U-L-T-S. So, like. Like you know how people love like murder podcasts? Okay. Like that's like a thing. Like this people Yeah, dark, like people are quick. people are like super into murder podcasts and stuff. Okay. And there's all like right. and yeah, and there's all these like shows about it of like true crime and all that. I'm super into cults. Like I love all the documentaries on cults and just how like it's fascinating to me how like just a, a normal person who's yeah, I mean like they're most of them are like psychotic, but how they can convince normal people to follow them literally to their death a lot of times or like live in a commune or whatever. Like it's just fascinating to me. So, um, anyway, <clears throat> but, uh, so university of Ohio started as a cult, um, in 1808 with three students and one professor. Yeah. We're off to a good start with that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, schools located in Athens. We all know Athens, Athens well, Georgia, right? Yeah. No, yeah, Athens, Ohio. Georgia. So maybe Athens, we can Ohio. be the school from Athens. There you go. But don't, we have a chance to beat a school from Athens. Um, they have 11 conference titles, five division titles, which is interesting. Um, obviously they haven't had divisions in the Mac. They've been in the Mac for a long time. Um, they have one claim national championship in 1960 when they were in the national college division or what, what sport what that is football. No way. They were 10 and zero in football in 19 and 1960. And they were in whatever the national college division is. I don't know if that's the equivalent of FCS now, um, but obviously there was no like BCS back then or or playoff or anything like that. So everyone just like claimed national champions when you went undefeated, they went undefeated. So I think they beat like West Virginia that year. They beat like some other teams that yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they are a national champion. They have one. <laughs> um, we have six, but. Uh, their mascot is named Rufus Cody. <laughs> Rufus the Bobcat, which is a strong. I mean, that's. I mean, no one can beat Gus, but that's that's a strong. Rufus that might that might Bobcat. be a contender. Rufus the Bobcat. There you go. There you go. Um, <clears throat> they play at Peden Stadium, which is the third oldest stadium in Ohio, and it's the oldest stadium in the MAC. So that's. Uh, that's that's all I got for the school itself. Um, well, yeah, for like facts about okay. the school itself. So alumni, oh, I just saw this. Uh, that, that, this that is IT. this is this is legit. Yeah, dude, it's an impressive list. It's I, I was like I had to double this check because I'm like, impressive. wait, I didn't say Ohio State. I didn't say Ohio State. I said Ohio University. Um, so. And, and and honestly, I went in the order of like the Google search, which probably isn't even fair because I would have probably ranked this differently. But I'm just going to go in that order, at least for the first couple. I went in that order. Paul Newman was the first one listed. He's an Academy Award winning actor. Um, he is uh, no longer with it. I think he I'm died sorry, I'm not laughing at that. I'm, there's there's um, some there's some I'm there's like, some Jesus, alumni Cody. that's very <laughs> hilarious just looking at them and, and knowing sort of. Throw some out, so maybe maybe they're not on this list. But hmm. um, now go through your list. Go go. Yeah, Phil. Phil. All right. So Paul Newman, Academy Award-winning actor. He's also the co-founder of Newman's Own. So if you've ever been down the Kahneman Isle, 
of uh, of a grocery store and uh, was looking for some salad dressing or pasta sauce, you might have seen Paul Newman's face because he's on Newman's own um, condiments there. So, uh, so he graduated from uh, Ohio. Um, Ed O'Neill, who's one of my favorite actors, um, I grew up watching Married with Children with an uh, older brother who's 12 years older than me and always showed me stuff like Beavis and Butthead and shows that were inappropriate for like an 8 to 10 year old <laughs> um, at the time. Uh, but yeah, and instead of watching Barney or whatever <laughs> um, at the time, I was watching like Married with Children and I loved Al Bundy. Um, uh, the shoe salesman who was a high school football hero. Um, and, uh, and then I later obviously watched Modern Family, um, Jay Pritchett. Uh, he, w- he was the character Jay Pritchett, the patriarch of that family on Modern Family. Um, great actor. It seems like a really good man. Um, but, but yeah, I, I would put him up there because I just, I just really like the characters that he's played. Um, I will stop. I, I have several more, but I'll stop there. Cody, throw out one. Okay. Well, the one that jumped off the page at me, not alumni. They said this one dropped out to go to LA was Logan Paul. Logan oh, Paul. Logan Paul. I have him on my list. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, he, um, yeah. Famous YouTuber. If you're not familiar, uh, probably one of the first ones to really, like really big make it a career fine and like if if you're old enough like me and matt you would know that there was a website that was called vine second videos um it was probably a precursor to what you would now look at as tiktok um but yeah or snapchat but six second videos you had to be quick you had to really capture the person's attention or for it to be funny um and there were several of folks back then that that could do that that's what uh, logan paul started off on um, I you probably don't know him too much from Divine, uh, but YouTube is where he obviously got his popularity. YouTube's the biggest one once that started getting monetized and all that. He literally, I mean, he's on the Mount Rushmore yeah. of social media influencers. So, like, think what you will about social media influencers. He is, like, again, on the Mount Rushmore. He's, 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 he was, like, one of the first ones. And he's parlayed it. I mean, the, the, the guy's under 30. He's, like, 28 years old. He's a professional boxer. He's, like, made millions of dollars doing these big boxing events. Um, actually been pretty successful in it. You can say what you will about, like, or the if it's rigged or not. Yeah. He's a professional wrestler. He's... He's a professional wrestler. He's um, in the WWE. He's wrestled in uh, uh, WrestleMania and, and pay-per-view events. Um, and he still does his YouTube. He has a very popular podcast. Um, he's probably, arguably, even if the people listening to this have no idea who he is, he's arguably the most famous and followed Ooh, person I don't know on about this list. Well, maybe so. But, maybe, but he's so definitely who? not the most hated. No, oh, no, not the I most hated. I, but I mean, Paul Newman again, Academy Award winning actor. Ed O'Neill, I love him to death. But Ed O'Neill doesn't have no, twenty three million followers. So on the second one I'm going to mention, and who I think is is going to really divide the the audience here, especially if you are into politics or news, is Roger Ailes, CEO, the oh. formal. Oh, I didn't even yeah, put Ailes. Matt Lauer's CEO on here too. Fox okay, News. <laughs> um. Obviously, he's oh, passed away a few years ago, back in 2017. But if I remember correctly, I didn't research this, but um, he is the CEO of Fox News when Fox News really took off in the 90s. I think he was CEO when they um, developed it or when they um, created Fox News. 
uh, obviously issued in all of that. Um, you look at you know the likes of like Sean Hannity, Bill O'Reilly, all those came through Fox News when Ailes was the CEO. Um, definitely was looked at from uh, certain folks would say he that. is the evil reincarnated. Other folks would say he did the Lord's work. However, you wanted to <laughs> view your politics. Uh, so yeah, I was gonna say that. Uh, that was a huge one. That as I quickly. So what you're saying, Cody, is he's a cult leader. <laughs> I mean, there you go, Ohio and cults. Who would have known? Um, but no, that is that. I would never have guessed that. Um, Ohio would have such a established or featured alum um, there. They also, I think, I saw Osinio sure. Hall. Yeah. So for those who are Arsenio Hall, yep, former late um, night talk obviously show a yep. really big time comedian ooh, 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 in the 80s ooh, and early right? 90s. Um, obviously, his yep. popularity has kind of dropped off since then, but obviously he is still well known. He put he put like black culture on the map, too. I mean, he was like the big I mean, he surpassed, I believe, at one point um, the Tonight Show um, and the Late Show with David Letterman. Um, as the most watched mm -hmm. late night show for like a couple of years, he appealed to a younger audience. Um, he put on oh, yeah, like, yeah, rappers yeah. He... and he put on young actors and stuff that people and musicians and stuff that other people wouldn't put on. Yes. Um, so yeah, very and much a pioneer. Probably the case. most famous baseball player, um, that they have is a guy that everybody should have known, yep. uh, Mike Schmidt, um, Hall of Famer with the Phillies. Uh, obviously, you can go and research his stats, but was a cornerstone of the Phillies team in the 70s and 80s. Um, was there when they won the World Series in 1980. Yep. Um, is obviously beloved by everybody in Philadelphia. Um, has, looking at this, 12 All-Star appearances, three-time NL MVP, World Series MVP in 1980, multiple Globe Gloves, Silver Slug Awards, leader in the home runs for the National League throughout the 70s and 80s. Uh, one of the top baseball players of all time. So, um, do we want to keep going through the uh, this? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, so, so you had the Fox News guy, which was obviously controversial. They've had a couple of those. So Matt Lauer, um, oh. former, yeah, now now retired, but not really by <laughs> on his terms. Uh, I think twenty. Uh, 17 was when he retired, but uh, had sexual misconduct um, allegations against him and uh, essentially got canceled. Uh, but, uh, you know, a uh, former news reporter and host of NBC's Today Show, um, you know, he's hosted the, the Thanksgiving Day Parade and, and things like that. Um, but, yes, now is uh, painted in a negative light after those allegations. Um, and then also... Uh, um, college basketball coach Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins uh, from West Virginia, Hall of Fame, uh, college basketball Hall of Fame coach, uh, but obviously had a string of controversies here in the last 12 to 18 months, uh, had some homophobic slurs, had uh, uh, about uh, some anti-Catholic uh, slurs, talking about Xavier University, um, and... Uh, also had a string of DUIs, I believe. Um, so all that led, I don't think he's coaching West Virginia anymore. Um, he did start the season with them, I believe, but I don't think he's 
coaching currently. Um, but yeah, that's that's three. I'm sure there's probably more, but like th- those are three pretty pretty big notable names that got in hot water. Um, that's that's interesting. Logan Paul is also obviously just controversial. Um, I wouldn't say he's done anything certainly illegal or, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely there. There's a lot of people out there that dislike him. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, interesting. Um, let's see. I think the only one that was, that stood out to me that is a little obscure is Nancy Cartwright. So you're not going to know the name probably unless you're like a pop culture nerd. Um, she, she, is the voice of Bart Simpson from The Simpsons. Oh, wow. Yeah. Also, Rugrats. Cody, I, I, th- I believe we, we grew up in the time of Rugrats. Um, so, we did. We did. Uh, yeah, so Chucky Finster. She was the voice of Chucky Finster. But, yes, still to this day, voice of Bart Simpson on The Simpsons' longest-running uh, show um, in the world. Wow. Of all time. So, yeah. Um. So there you go. I, I was really surprised by that list some some really really big interesting names um finally we'll close it out close out the the return of fun facts with some facts about our bowl destination and host uh we'll start with myrtle beach even though it's 20 minutes away um i can't remember the last time i went to myrtle beach cody um never been you've never been no ever nope okay there you go um, I remember going as a kid, like I said, I, I think I went once in college, obviously like Tybee and stuff was a go-to, um, and Hilton Head, but I believe like once while I was in college, I went there, haven't been since. So yeah, it's, it's been a while. Um, but say what you will about it. Yes. There's some like rundown hotels and stuff, but there's still like some nice ones. Um, it definitely seems just from hearing all the chatter on social media and stuff of people prepping to to travel, like stay there, don't stay in Conway, um, right? It's it's twenty minutes. Just do the drive, take an Uber if you're drinking, like you know. Um, so, yeah, a lot more hotel choices. You could be by the beach. A lot more restaurants, entertainment, all that. Um, but Myrtle Beach, so um, like Georgia, um, it's uh, I, I wouldn't say known, but they, they've had some notable movies that have been shot there. Um, so two ends of the spectrum here, Cody. So these were the two, two movies that, that stood out to me, the notebook, right? The, the, like, uh, the, the quintessential like chick flick basically. Right. Um, the notebook was shot in, in Myrtle beach. Yeah. That was surprising to me. And then the Patriot with Mel Gibson in Myrtle beach in Myrtle beach. And and supposedly, like, most of the movie was shot there. There were some others where, like, scenes were shot there, and there were some TV shows, like One Tree Hill, if you remember that. Like, some of that was shot there. Um, but, but yeah, the, the Notebook and The Patriot were primarily shot by this, I'm sure, very reputable website that I got this information from um, uh, that I did not document. But, yeah, apparently they were shot there. So that, there you go. Mm, did not know that. And I wouldn't expect Myrtle Beach to be like a a place to go shoot or film movies at. Um, so no, that's interesting. I don't think they are now. All the stuff that was listed was old, right? I yeah. mean, like Patriot, you're talking about like what '90s, early 2000s, and then Notebook, maybe shortly after that. Um, I think we were in school. 
uh, but 2004 was the notebook and Patriot was 2000. I was going to say, I felt like Patriot was closer to high school, but you know, I put it to middle school. Yeah, um, interesting. Interesting. Um, obviously, illustrate. Go ahead. I was say, obviously, <laughs> Myrtle Beach is a, a big destination for vacations and tours. Family friendly place. Questionable on the family and the friendly, but <laughs> you can't take your family. That's what I like. I don't know. Is it? Is it not? Is it? Is it like spring break destination? I don't know. I mean, you can't take you there. I think there's a lot of putt putt stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of putt putt. Obviously, there's there's areas where you you know want to stay away from. At least from what I've been told, there are nicer areas of Myrtle Beach, and there are areas that are not so nice that you would not want to put your. I believe family. North Myrtle Beach is nicer. Okay. Um, than South Myrtle Beach. Uh, from living in Florida for so long, that's how Daytona was. My wife's family were huge fans of Daytona, but like Ormond Beach, which was the beach, uh, the kind of the sleepy beach town right above it, that's the spot. That's where you go. Um, kind of stay away from dirty Daytona. But um, yeah, so same kind of thing. In Charleston, same way. Like like yeah, it's always you have like one bad pocket, and then like you go either north or south, and it's much better. Um, so. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll jump. Yeah, they are considered the mini golf capital of the world. They have really? the most mini golf courses per capita um, of any city in the world. Really, even more um, than like Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg. That's surprising. Yes. That's surprising. Yes. Or Panama That's City. That's what they claim. I, I I googled it. There are a lot. Okay, <laughs> there are a lot. Um, so. I, I quickly did like a, a top three list just based on Google uh, ratings. Um, and I didn't do it. There weren't any that were only had like four ratings or whatever. There were some that had like 3000 ratings. Um, but red dragon cove adventure golf that, that had like a 4.9 rating on, on Google. So if, if you're going with, especially with kids, go check them out. Captain hooks, adventure golf and Ripley's crazy golf. So Ripley's believe it or not, Cody, apparently they have a, mini golf course is indoors it's indoors so if it's cold um or if it's rainy winter winter chicken dinner there you go that's that's your go-to in in december in myrtle beach so um go check those out uh sports illustrated was founded in myrtle beach no yes (laughs) yes (laughs) there you go i I was surprised by that not not swimsuit edition surprisingly (laughs) though But just sports illustration. What year? So, uh, I don't know. Oh, I didn't know if it came with like the year. How was it like like the people who created Sports Illustrated was like in Myrtle Beach and this is where they're going to do their publication and printing that and all that? That's where they did it? I mean, they're based in New York. Uh, History, blah, blah, blah. Watch like they just claimed it. It's like not even true. Um. Uh, literally on the Wikipedia page, I can't find Myrtle Beach on there, so that might have just been made up. But it was on it was on some blog about Myrtle Beach. Um, so take it for what you will. Again, you don't listen to us for actual facts. Um, <laughs> so moving on. Uh, no, let's no, see. If We've you put got... in, if you hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, I sorry. I was, I, I was. Searched the Wikipedia page, and there was no mention. I um, sorry, I was away from the microphone when I was <laughs> yelling. So. But no, if you go to oh, Sports – no, I think you can still hear. If you go to Sports Illustrated Founded, right, or not Google Sports Illustrated Founded, 
as uh, people also ask, where is the birthplace of Sports Illustrated? Myrtle Beach. Um, oh, there you there go. There you go. Except, yeah. Oh, they got a plaque yeah. and everything. Uh, directed 67 times. There you go. Go, 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 go take a picture with the plaque. To convene in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina to make a plan. That's actually kind of cool. For a sports magazine. The location they chose was the scenic Pines Lake Country Club. There you go. So there you go. Well, there you go. I'm not going to go out of my way, but if I ever go to Myrtle Beach, um, I am uh, I started in sports journalism, so I will definitely take a picture next to the plaque of the birthplace of Sports Illustrated. So that's why you, that's um, why you listen to us. Fun facts, folks. Fun facts. Fun facts. It's back. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Home to the largest crocodile exhibit in the world, Cody. <laughs> and, and crocodiles, not alligators, See, right? So like I, I, get, I lived in Florida for 10 years. That's Australia. That should, should be, be Australia. Australia or Africa. The difference is the teeth. It's no, all in said, the teeth and the snout. crocodile, right? The largest crocodile. Crocodile. Yeah, uh, in the world, uh, yes. in the world, or exhibit in the world, not like not like the largest crocodile, not like the largest bovine okay. or largest like ball of but yarn. Just it's, collection it's a, of crocodiles. Museum collection of that crocodiles. should still be in yes. Australia or Africa. Believe, that yeah, that to I, me like the Nile crocodile. You would think that they'd be somewhere in Egypt, like Cairo, or I'm pretty sure they shipped the them saltwater in crocodile out of Australia. You would have figured say that they, the exhibit they, would be there in Sydney or Melbourne. They exported it. Yeah. No, they they called up the Aussies and they were like, hey, we're in Myrtle Beach. No Send us some crocodiles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Well, what else we got? We got, uh, oh, there's a, there's a U.S. Pro Mini Golf Association Masters Tournament. That's a thing. That's actually not, a, that's actually pretty cool. So is it like, like a professional... I did not look okay. that into it. Yeah, I I remember watching ESPN years and years ago, and they did have a mini golf national championship, um, and it was or world, yeah, some kind of championship, and it was not like the windmills, like it wasn't like the like the kitschy like mini golf course with like the alligator's mouth and like all of that. It was like the old school ones, just with like the um, you know the geometric like um banks yeah. and things like that. Um, it was just that, uh, like it was just very simple. You just had to play like the the walls and and whatnot. Um, but but yeah, it was literally on on ESPN, not the Ocho like ESPN. <laughs> so um, anyway, all right. So we'll close this out. Uh, Ghost, as as any historic. Um, coastal city in the south, uh, they claim to be incredibly haunted. Okay, <laughs> right. So you have you have yeah. Savannah, obviously. You have your ghost tours there. You have Saint Augustine, the oldest city in in the U.S. Um, that claim to be the most haunted city in the U.S. You have uh, New Orleans, which uh, you know also claims that. Um, they're they're not. I, I didn't see any claims of the most haunted. But they so, definitely have a lot right. a, of so uh, here's my ghost issue with like associated. haunted places, right? And not to discredit people who have seen strange phenomenon, but 
what's the criteria for when like a city can claim being haunted, right? Like, do you have to be like 300, 400 years old? Like, why isn't like some new town just like, oh, we are this unhaunted? Like after like, what's the number of years does a town have to be around for you to say we're haunted? There's, there's no, enough it's, it's dead a good people question, here. I, I would say it's more event, it's more event based. Okay. To me, it's more event based than history. Like if you're right, <laughs> let's bring it back to Colts. If you're, if you're like, I, I, for, I forget yes. the town, but there's a oh, Waco, Waco, Texas yes. um, had like a huge cult there and they had the big standoff with the, Not police, just the police the and FBI. they burned that place to the ground like that FBI and everything came in and swarmed it like that. If you claim like, oh yeah, like all these souls, like they're trapped there. They never made it right. Like you just see them roaming around like the, the commune, um, like the, there in like the desert of Waco, Texas. Yes. Um, that, yeah, that was, you know, that was in like the 90s, that I think, or 2000. So like, uh, or you know, inspired uh, Timothy McVeigh yeah. in Oklahoma City bombing. So, no, but that, yeah, that's, that gets right. to <laughs> go back to the haunted question, not to go off into. <laughs> yes. It's events to me. It's like stuff that happens. If, if you have like a, a mass suicide or mass murder or something like that, I'm staying away from that place more than just okay. a city that's, you know. Yeah, I just was always old. curious. Like, like if some town popped up, you know, how many people have to die over how many years before there's like, okay, it's haunted. Yeah. So, th- so this was they, they were all like, so there's three main ghosts apparently in in Myrtle Beach. Three main ghosts. Um, like, there's only three haunt. Like, like three. Just main- three. Just three. Yeah. Uh, so, Gray Man, Alice Flag, and Drunken Jack. Drunken and I'm going to tell you about Drunken Jack. <laughs> so, I don't know about Gray Man and Alice Flag. I didn't document that, but Drunken Jack. So, he's uh, he's commonly known as Drunken Jack. He was a pirate. Um, I believe Gray Man was also a pirate. Of course. Um, of course, he's got to yeah, be pirates. He, he, he was a pirate. He was stranded by his crew on the island of Murals. Uh, murals inlet uh, uh, with only cases of rum to sustain him. So needless to say, Jack polished off the booty and proved that man cannot live on rum alone. He returns to the inlet on certain nights in search of more rum or maybe a sandwich. And the island he died on is now known as Drunken Jack's Island. Well, there you go. So... There you go. You can go visit Drunken Jack's Island. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if there's a charter or you have to get, like, a, boat? get a kayak. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to be listening to this. They're going to miss the game. They're going to be like, I'm stranded on Drunken Jack's Island because I got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the game. The Coast Guard had to come rescue me. Um, so... All right. Well, there you go. Uh, I have one fun fact about Conway, and it's that it is one of the oldest towns in South Carolina. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Um, I really couldn't find that. Yeah. Nothing that interesting. Um, yeah. Not the oldest town, but one of the oldest towns. You didn't know. <laughs> well, there That's you go. It. There you go. Fun, fun facts. facts, folks. All right, um, Ohio Bobcats. So, uh, Cody, when obviously this announced again, hour in, 
they don't come for the, the for the football analysis, <laughs> Cody. Um, so they are nine and three. Um, this is a very good opponent. Uh, yes, it's a MAC team. We've obviously faced our fair share of MAC teams in Bowling Green, in Eastern Michigan, in uh, Buffalo last year. Um, we Ball State um, too. In Ball State this year, right? And but last in, year in bowl games, but. But oh, yeah, 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 Ball State this year and last yeah. year, regular season. But in bowl games, we've we faced more MAC teams than any other True. conference. Um, so, but uh, I would say this this might be the best MAC team that we faced so far. I don't know the Bowling um, Green team that we played the very first bowl game that we were in. That's true. They won. They won. They yeah, won the they were really they were good. They were playing really good us. team. Yeah. True. Yeah. Good point. Um, we are we are nowhere close to as good as we were. <laughs> In 2015, no, um, and so so I think that's misleading. But uh, this Ohio team uh, beat the crap out of uh, the the Buffalo team that beat us last year. Um, they 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 beat them this year too, um, barely 20 or not barely, but 20 to 10. Um, but they beat them. I don't have it up, Cody. But what like 40 something? To, yeah, last year they won 45 24. Buffalo. Yeah. In this, not just because we played Buffalo in the ball game last year, um, but also our defensive coordinator was Buffalo's defensive coordinator last year. If you did not remember yeah. that, so yeah. it's interesting to know that our coordinator, D coordinator, has has at least some game experience and gets this team, um, but not the results was not good. Um, you give up forty five points. Um, that's that's obviously not good at all. Their quarterback at the time. Um, through five touchdown passes in that game, uh, and as of this recording, is in the transfer portal. But we do not know if he will be in the game or not, or the bowl game or not. Uh, so it's a little tough, at least from our perspective, as to how exactly to judge this football game. Um, that's how I feel about it. Did you? You just said the quarterbacks or, or the the the. Top two running backs are also. On I the did not portal. mention that, but yeah, go yeah go through the list okay. and let folks know exactly who's all in the portal, and then we can kind of break it down from there. No, I thought you had it. Okay, well while you search for that, I'll go through some more stuff about Ohio. Uh, their coach has been there for three years. Um, his name is Tim Albin. Um, I think I pronounced that right. Uh, first year he was there was not very good, but last year they won ten games. This year they won nine games. They made it to the MAC uh, conference championship game last year. Uh, they lost to Toledo. Uh, they did not make it this year, but they still finished the season nine and three, uh, <clears throat> with a six and two record in the MAC. Uh, last year, um, pretty much almost the same offense as far as players, quarterback, running backs, receivers. Pretty much the same from last year as this year. Uh, their quarterback in 2022 was the MAC Offensive Player of the Year. At the end of the season last year, he injured his leg, missed, I believe, just the first game of their season against San Diego State, which they lost. Uh, but as um, they they only lost two other games uh, the rest of the year in the MAC for a, a record of nine and three uh, to get top, top offense, offense last, last year. year in the MAC. Middle of the pack this year at seven out of twelve. But um, top, but defense. top defense yep. this so. year. Fifteen point four points per game they're giving up, Cody. That it is, is and terrifying. you gotta also consider their opponents that they're going up against. It's not you know, it's not like they're going up against offensive juggernauts. Yeah, they're not they're the fifth 
Yeah, they're the fifth best, and I'm doing air quotes that you can't see. They're the fifth best all uh, or defense total defense um, in the country or scoring defense in the country. Um, but yes, that's misleading. Are they actually the fifth best? No, but they're probably in the top twenty-five. Yeah. And for a group of five, um, right? they're still so, going to be yeah. really respected, and they're going to still be really good. And uh, again, they're probably going to give our offense fits. Right? It's not like you know we're we're not like going to just roll in there and put up sixty points like it's no problem. Um, I've watched a game or two of their team this year. Their off their defense is surprisingly quick for a MAC team. Right? You don't think of MAC teams of having you would think of the team speed between a Sunbelt team and a MAC team that you would always expect that. No, you think of yeah. like big, big, broad shoulder guys. But these guys bullets. can move. And like, um, yeah. They play yeah. a similar style defense as we do with a 4-2-5, so they have quicker guys on the field. Um, and they are very well coached. Matt and I were just talking about this before the podcast. Uh, what makes Maction Maction is that the teams usually self-destruct in funny ways or, or they have some Chaos. sort of... Yeah. weird ways in which they lose football games and they have ways in which teams beat themselves over and over again. But Ohio is one of the few teams that do not do that. They play sound football and they make very little mistakes. Um, if you beat them, you beat them. Um, it's because you played well sounded football and you did not make mistakes. So this is a, a team that's going to be very well coached regardless of who is playing or not. Um, even their backups, I would not take for granted. I would probably assume that they were uh, have been coached up well. They will have 15 practices just like we will, so they're going to have time to get ready for this game. And it's not like you're going to just walk in there non-prepared. <clears throat> um, well, th- these MAC teams too, like and third-year head coach, like you're talking about a team that probably has a lot of consistency. Yes, and, like and the coach too, right? Like they have depth there. They have people that have been there for Yeah, and this years. coach has actually been there a lot longer. He was their offensive coordinator, um, going back to 2005, so from 2005 to 2020, he was their OC. It's a long time. It's a very long, long time. time. Yep. And then he school. is now their head coach. Has been there the last three seasons. So obviously, this guy is not going anywhere. This is where he wants to stay. Uh, and obviously, the last two years, he's done really, really well. Um, so do you, were you able to find that list of the of the transfers? Okay. I was going to say, I mean, Athens, Athens is a good city, yeah. Cody, right? Like a lot of music there. <laughs> um, no. So, uh, yes. So, um, according to sidelines, the sidelines, Georgia Southern account, um, the starting QB is in the portal. Top two running backs are in the portal. Uh, two and three of their top receivers have entered the portal. Um, they, the line was originally negative two. Um, it has moved, obviously, uh, we are now favored. Um, so I believe where are we at, I do have that. We're three and up. a half. Um, we're three, we are three and a half. Three and a hook. We are, there you go. Well, according to action network, we're one oh. and a half up to three and a half, depending on where you look. Yeah. I was just going by the ESPN bet. Yeah, the ESPN bet, but yeah, the action network with Brett McMurphy, there were one and a half, so pretty much wash. But um, we are the away team in this for what it's worth, which means we'll obviously be sitting on the away side, away locker rooms. Um, I believe that is where the cameras are pointed, though, so that makes sense. Um, So that's the shot that you'll see on TV. So we'll probably have, even as bad as we finish, we'll probably have more fans there just because of proximity than Ohio, um, but uh, but who knows? May, may, maybe their fans travel. I don't know. Yeah, that I have no clue about. 
Um, I know, I think last year they were in the Arizona Bowl, so probably did not have a big contingency to go out there. Um, but we'll see. I mean, this, this, obviously the school has been around for a long time. They have, um, we, with the notable alumni, a lot more famous people than what you and I would expect. So I'm going to go on the, the record and say they probably have more fans than what I expect. Um, and so I would not be surprised if they have a decent showing, especially if the weather is good. Um, and that they don't have any issues traveling from Athens. I mean, eighteen oh eight is is, yeah, is impressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're in nineteen oh six. So, um, but yeah. So and and start as a cult. I mean, you know, strong. Uh, but uh, yeah. Honestly, Cody, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about this game. Um, when when you know. I, again, I take all the projections and stuff with a grain of salt because they don't do a lot of research. Um, but obviously a lot of our Sunbelt Conference Bowl tie-ins, I believe there's five. We obviously have 12, right? We have 12 teams of 14 in the Sunbelt Conference that made a bowl, which that is, is insane. insanity. The most of any any conference in the country, including Power 5, um, by like several teams, um, you know, not, not like, yeah, it wasn't particularly close. I think the, I don't even think it was. No, the I SEC. don't think it was. I think it was. Um, somebody had 11, somebody had 10 or 11, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think anyone had 11. Okay. I think someone had 10. I think we had like two, two up, but yeah, obviously Southern Miss and, and ULM were the only two that didn't make it. Um, ULM has already let go of their coach. They hired a new um, coach. And, they didn't touch uh, on that. Yeah, they hired oh, the, that. a guy that. who was the interim head coach at UAB who was the offense coordinator in New Mexico the past this season. Um, Vincent, right? Oh, okay. Bryant Vincent, I think is his name. So obviously yep. not a – to me it's a good hire. Um, we'll see what he does at, at ULM. Um, but first he's going to have to get in there and, and – and tough job, and he has tough to get in there and recruit because – the players that are going into the portal from ULM are like there's at least two or three I feel like I see every day, so he's gonna have a he's gonna have a tough job recruiting True. there, tough job trying to retain talent there, uh. But I mean, he did go to New Mexico and and really improved their offense in one season. So uh, it seems like he should he's gonna have his work cut out for him. But again. It's not like they hired some bum to come in there and coach. This is still a really good coach in the Sun Belt that we're going to have to try to figure out some way to figure out how to, you know, go up against and beat if we have to play ULM over the next few seasons. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. There's no easy outs, as, as we've said. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, it just goes to show, like, yes, there's other conferences that will point and say, oh, there's a lot of mediocrity there because there's a ton of six and six mm -hmm. teams like ourselves. Um, yeah. But it's cannibalism, right? I mean, it's it's the teams beating up on each other because you can't take any week for granted. There are no uh, no. gimme games. I mean, if it wasn't, not in if it wasn't for us, two teams heavy. wouldn't We're be. not in uh, – teams. I mean, if we to beat Old Dominion go. and there Marshall, yeah. there's – we're not 12 teams, it's 10 at that point. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so right there proves it, right? I mean, it's like, and they were playing bad football at the time. We were playing good football, and then, you know, tides turn. So, um, 
yeah so i mean you know that's that's awesome and again it brings new uh new bowls for us because we have the five affiliates obviously myrtle beach is one of those so we're in that but we have james madison obviously qualifying for a bowl even though they were ineligible um and did not win the waivers and the lawsuit or drop the lawsuit but they're in uh what the armed forces bowl against uh air force um you have uh coastal carolina traveling all the way uh to hawaii um to play you have georgia state traveling all the way to idaho uh to play mm-hmm. and uh yep. um the potato bowl um and uh yeah so i mean you know I, again i i think we lucked out um you know bowls look for tv revenue um especially these lower tier bowls more than anything um not so much ticket sales they're trying to like validate like oh we can be espn bowl because people actually care and watch the matchup um so you know i think we bring that uh you know a a school like georgia state obviously doesn't they're not going to bring people and they're not going to really bring eyeballs um we have the potential to bring both even on a bad year um so again i i yeah i I think myrtle beach is not only that but i feel like the nature of the of our conference not just will georgia southern fans be watching the ball game but i feel like all the other conference members and their fans will probably also be tuning in. To I think the, the fact the that it's game. the first bowl oh, is, yeah. is big too. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna have college football enthusiasts that are like, you know, again, this weekend you have FCS football and Army Navy. I love Army Navy. It's awesome. I try to watch it every year. I call my dad who's a Navy veteran. Um but the yeah like you're gonna have like football starved fans mm-hmm. um that are in that like sickos committee that yeah they'll tune into this game because it won't get lost in the shuffle it is literally kicking off the bowl yeah, season it is and now and then you also have the folks um online that'll be like well why are we these teams even bowl teams you know and they'll grow up and complain because uh, nine and three ohio deserves yeah no be, not yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd be a little ticked off that they're playing yeah us, to be honest with you like i i would be like and again i i'm i'm nervous for this matchup like when when those those five affiliate bowls i think three of those pair up against mac potentially maybe even four well um, and, and, and if i'm and sorry to cut you off but i don't think that those tie-ins are as well established as what they used to be right like it used to be this is the five tie-ins that you have and then that's it and you know sorry tough sledding if you didn't get in um i feel like now with espn it depends on bowl it depends on bowl yeah so this year with espn this year there wasn't enough espn has now merged a bunch especially these lower tier bowls to where there's more flexibility to where yeah, is it traditionally still some belt and Mac, but you know, there could be Conference USA, there could be um Mountain West, depending on where the bowl's located. So there's a lot more, I feel like, flexibility in bowl scheduling than there what there was even five, six there years is. ago. Yeah. They usually have there's the bowls that have just two affiliate conferences are far and few between. Yes. Um, there are several, I believe Myrtle Beach Bowl is one of them, but there's several that like it's at least three. Usually, so like you, you spread your bets, right? So you have Sun Belt, you have Mac, and then you have like Conference USA mm-hmm. or Sun Belt, Mac, and American. Um, I think where a lot of people are frustrated 
is, you know, we don't have, like, with American, we don't have a lot of bowls where we get matched up against the kind of middle-of-the-pack Power 5 teams. And that's what, you know, I think a lot of our fans would like to see. They're like, uh, they have some fatigue from uh, playing these these Mac schools. But again, like, we got to prove it. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, so, and we can't uh, change that until they start to do the all, all the no- renegotiation for bowl games anyways. Which which yeah. will probably have some more flexibility in those. Um, I think we will because the American has changed. Yeah, American has changed drastically. Right. Um, SMU is leaving now. Really, the only like, yeah. legitimate team in that conference now is going to be Tulane. Yes, and Willie Fritz left. Yeah, and I don't so, even know. If it's, yeah, I wouldn't even know if Tulane is going to be legitimate in a couple of years. Um, but no, you're right. It's going to be, it, and I would look for. To me, just personally, I would I would think that that renegotiation would probably be the group of five teams would probably want to have more games with mid tier power five, but at the same time, or should I say power four now? Um, I would look for the power four teams to maybe try to not have so many games with the group of five and try to just line up bowls to where they play other power five or power four schools. So it's going to be an interesting negotiations when all that happens to say the least. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I honestly, I, I'd love to like, as much as I'd love to play like the, you know, Troy's getting Duke, you know, which will be an interesting matchup. Yeah. Um, uh, you got app state play in Miami of Ohio and the cure bowl. Um, I think that's probably actually the best bowl in our like main core lineup now. I know we've been to it before. It's changed a lot. I was hoping we would get that. I certainly didn't expect us to get that after the 0-4 November. Um, but that game's on ABC. That game's in a new stadium now uh, where UCF plays. Um, I lived in Orlando for seven and a half years. Um, so obviously, like, I'm, I'm biased. But, like, there's a lot to do there, obviously, for family, for singles, for married, no kids. Like, it's 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 a good place. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that just for the TV exposure alone, being on ABC, um, is, is awesome. Um, so I, I think that's the premier bowl right now in the affiliation, um, followed probably by new Orleans. Um, and then everything else kind of even, um, so, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Um, Let's see. Uh, yeah, Cody. I mean, what what's kind of your feelings going into this game? Um, how we haven't talked about quarterbacks, uh, so obviously another news peg that we did not mention um, is that there was we have no confirmation of this, um, but there was a subtle plug on social media i would say um alluding to the fact that we might have a new qb1 going into the game and jc french um obviously he got hurt in the app state game he didn't come into that game after the third interception from davis Bryn. um and you know he threw a touchdown pass in that game he looked pretty good uh in the limited action that we saw out of him 
Um, the injury looked bad. A lot of people were speculating, like, broken arm. Um, but he tweeted out, um, maybe it was on other social networks too, but he tweeted out uh, that he's activated with a check mark and all of that. So the speculation is like, oh, that means, like, he's not only not hurt and ready to go, but he's been given the green light to, to start. Now, again, all speculation. I don't know, but I guess – what would you like to see in the bowl game um, when it comes to? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm going to get to that up, question, but up. I'm going to jump back to your previous question that you asked before you got into the quarterback um, discussion about Ohio. Um, <clears throat> I think with Ohio and what we may see, let's take the transfer portal out of it. From what I've seen, it's the quarterback, the running backs, and some receivers. I've not seen anything as far as offensive or defensive line or much on their defensive personnel entering the transfer portal. So I'm going to probably say that defense-wise can probably hold up. Um, and if their offensive line is still intact and, and that's still pretty much the same group of guys, then if they at least have decent running backs lined up from their recruiting and they have depth there. If two, if two are in the portal yeah, I think they, and they don't play, yeah, then I don't have a lot of trust in a third string. I mean, unless it's just a young guy that's just waiting his turn because they're, you know, they have two okay. guys that are, are decent, right? So um, I will say that this coach has been around for a long time. He's obviously a very good offensive-minded head coach um, considering the, the, how long he's been an offensive coordinator at Ohio as well as now the head coach. I th- I would not underestimate just because a few players, a few key players went into the portal. Now, quarterback, yeah, that 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 production can drop off. Obviously, you're looking at a guy as what is this Curtis Rook or Roke. Um, you know, he's very good, he's probably top 2, top 3 quarterback in the MAC. Probably will get interest from certain P5s, maybe not top tier, but maybe mid to lower tier P5s and see maybe where he wants to go in terms of grad school or NIL deals or what he can work there. But um, the running backs to me is a big uh, Bangora uh, and uh, O'Shawn yeah. Allison. So Bangora, 811 yards on 178 carries, 4.6 yards average, um, 452 yards for, for Allison, 3.3 yards yeah. average. They're the top two uh, mm-hmm. running backs, followed by the quarterback yep. in rushing. Um, he has over 200 yards. So if if uh, both of them are in the portal, that much is confirmed. If they don't play and the quarterback doesn't play, I mean, this is a team that's only averaging 22 points a game. Um, they're like 113th or something in the nation um, mm-hmm. in offense, total offense. Uh, so – that's a huge hit. I mean, yeah, if, if you lose those three guys and and two wide two receivers, wide receivers too, too. I mean, sure, you have your offensive line, but like, who are they blocking? Yeah, no, for? You, that that's so, that's a great yeah. point. Um, but if if the if the skill players, if they have depth at those positions, then they may not be the drop off may not be as much as what we think or what could be. Right? It's not like you're going from star to scrub right they could just be some guy that's just like you know what i'm waiting my time because the guy who's in front of me has been here for a while he's proven himself and i'm just going to take my time and get better each and every day so that when my opportunity calls i can step up and it may not be as good as what number one guy is today at this date 
but I can be there next sure. year or the following year, depending on how young I am. Yeah, yeah so, so. And again, like a Mac school is not, they're not going to have their, the pick of the letter. No. Right? I mean, maybe some FCS schools. No, but they will still have, again, and... from what I've seen, I would not underestimate this team. And I think if we do, we get beat. No, I, I agree. I yeah. Agree so that. even, I, I mean, even that. if they're yeah. down to second string quarterback, third and fourth string running backs, and they're going down, you know, their their depth chart on wide receivers, are they a step slower? Are they not as used to game speed at this level? Certainly. But if you can. Yeah. We're a six yeah. and six team that, that was 0 and 4 in yeah. November. I, I hear yeah. you, Cody. Now, like, have we if, played. If it was reverse and we're nine and three and they're six and six with all of these guys in the portal, I'd be like. Yeah, yeah. That, like you know, chances are pretty. Like you can't yeah. underestimate, especially anyone, with them having like, such a great yeah. offensive year the previous year. They know how to put up points. They know how to to score. Right. Um. So yeah, I, I just if if we underestimate them, we're gonna have a time. Um. And then again, their defense. I haven't heard much on their defense coming into the portal, so I would expect their defense to still be pretty a formidable opponent. Um. Now, so qu- quarterback, quarterback for us. We are now in a bowl game. If J.C. French is is the is the guy that Bo Allen, Bo is, Allen gone. is gone, or well, he's, he's in, the, he's portal. in the portal. Yeah. Uh, if J.C. French is the guy that the coaches that believes is going to be the the number one guy going into the next year, or at least in a competition with let's say somebody like the the Dallas kid or somebody else on the team in the depth chart, then play him this game. Okay, you're not going. If we lose this game, Jared Benko is not going to be any more upset at this coaching staff if they lose or win this bowl game, right? Like, like his his disappointment was going zero and four in November. If we lose this bowl game, it is not going to change how he feels about this coaching staff. This and, this is an extra yes. practice. This yeah. is a scrimmage. It really is. Yes, you want the bowl trophy. You want to frame it in the in the um in the uh, team center in the, exactly. in the field house, but like. You know, but but yes, that's icing on the cake. Prepare for next year. Like use this. You're playing a good opponent. You're playing an opponent that has uh, won nine games. Regardless of what players they roll out there, you go out there and you see what you have for next yeah. year. That's that's the exactly. Approach you to me, this is different than what was the Kyle Van Trees issue last year. I feel obviously we didn't have the quarterback of the quote unquote future on that team. So you let him go out and play his old team. And you let him have one more shot to put something on film to where he can maybe go out and, and get picked up by a you know XFL team or USFL team or as he did the Canadian football Canadian league. football team. So now with Davis Brin, to me, He's I don't think yeah yeah just me personally it does not look like the skills are there for any sort of professional league. Now he may go and try to develop somewhere else in skills and get picked up later on, but to me at least with Kyle. You saw the accuracy. You saw the velocity of the football. Um, and you saw the arm strength at times. Um, now, there was yes. some certain fundamental stuff that he needed to work on. But, again, you saw potential there with Kyle. With Davis Brent, I don't see that. And so, to me, you, no. you again, you should. Well, also, the, like, the reads, the reads yes. and the, yeah. like, playmaking ability and that, that's what we haven't really seen. Yeah, of, you look at some of the throws they've asked for Kyle to do compared to what they asked Davis Brennan to do, and it, it, you can tell that they asked Kyle to do... Very yeah, they asked Kyle to do a lot more yes. difficult throws than what they did for Davis Brennan. 
Uh, I, you know, I would shake Bren's hand and say, thank you for what you've done. Um, thank you for, you know, leading us for this year, but we're going to go forward with, with French in the bowl game and get him prepared for next year. And that's just how I handle it. I mean, it's, it's business. It's, it's, it is what it is. He gave it, he gave his, he gave his, he gave his best from what we can tell. And, you know, we, you know, we are what we are. So I think this is a great opportunity to get JC French. Was it 15 practices in? 15 practices as the QB1 with the ones, with the ones, ones, see what he does in a big environment on the road, right? It's not a road environment, but it's on the road. Um, You're traveling and all that. It's in a bowl game, it's on national TV. See how he does because we don't have Bo Allen. And honestly, that's going to be a huge, um, you know, that's going to be a leading indicator of where do we go from yes. here? Do we need to bring in another transfer I think if you see Brent out there have, starting, yeah, yeah, I think we're bringing in the transfer quarterback. To, to, yeah, oh, if, Brent, if Brent goes 100%. out there and plays this bowl game, that is a big... J.C. French is exactly. not going to start next year. And again, and if he is, I Oh, yes, because I'm this is the time. There is, there is, There is no yes. consequence for losing. There's no reason. There's yeah, no consequence. Right. Just outside of not having you know the bowl victory... To me, there's really no consequence in losing this game. So let French go out there and take the reins. See what he can do. You know, Captain Clack will will, will say right now, if if we do lose this game, it'll be the first time in Georgia Southern modern modern football history that we've had three straight losing seasons. Obviously, Helton was not responsible for that first one. That was Lunsford and Whitley. Um, but the last two, obviously last year we were six and seven. We lose this one, we're six and seven. So first time ever that we have three straight losing okay, seasons that's, if we lose. Yeah. But but again, Banco's not he Helton's job isn't on the line by how we perform no, in this game. No. I don't think so either. Um and I hate that the, you know, technically we are in the five hundred, but to, because of a loss in a bowl game, to me that's a little that's a little <laughs> Yeah. It's yeah. a little chintzy. Um but no, I think you know it's it's one of those deals where I think this is a this is the perfect time, perfect opportunity for him, if he's healthy. If he's healthy now, um, if he's if That's he's not healthy, point. don't don't correct. force anything. Yeah, don't force nothing. If he's not healthy, then obviously Bryn goes out there, and of course that's where you and I will start. You know, our discussion of. Well, is it is he healthy or is he not the guy? You know, and then we'll see what we bring in. Because yeah. God forbid, like if it wasn't a broken yeah. arm, but it was like ligaments, some or something. Kind of ligament, exactly, of, of something like pull in the shoulder, and then you go out there, you get hit wrong, you throw the ball wrong, release wrong, like, and you know, you yeah, you you tear your shoulder apart, tear tear your elbow apart, and you're out for the next year. Like that's obviously yeah. not what we want. So, but if he's healthy uh, and ready to go. Let them let them prep. Let them get used to the prep of being the QB one, and let them get used to understanding that this is what it means to be a a quarterback in Division one football. I agree because there's a lot of speculation out there. Obviously, there's a ton of quarterbacks. Yeah, in the transfer portal. Like there was over eighty by the time the transfer portal opened. Um, last I checked, like Cody, that, there's uh, only 133 teams in FBS football, so which means there's only 133 QB1 yep. spots. Um, so do the math on that, right? So a lot of these guys are going to not have a home at all. They're going to transfer down uh, to 
um, FCS if you're group of five, transfer down to group of five if you're power five um, or power four. And, uh, and then you're going to have a lot of others that, you know, find a new home, but are still right yeah. on the bench uh, that, that they were before. So, um, and, and yeah, we know like NIL and all that. We saw the Brock Vandergriff from, from Georgia speculation. There's like 1.52 million to go to. Kentucky. Well, that was based on uh, uh, coach rule from Nebraska, right? Who said yeah, that if you wanted Nebraska a, saying that, which I yeah, believe, man, that's yeah. what it is. And, and let's be honest, even at, at group of five, I think at this point, you're talking six figures. I think you're talking six figures to get a quarterback, a starting quarterback to come in for a year to a a good group of five team or, or a group of five team looking to like be good and take that next step. Yeah, which is why folks need to donate to the NIL Collective. Yes. So plug that in there. Um, if you're on X, formerly known as Twitter, I think, uh, is it Tyler Henson has put it out there as well as SWAT or Stephen Watkins, if you don't know him, as SWAT has commented under it. So there's obviously links out there on social media. So if you haven't, do it. If you're thinking about it, all the money doesn't go to the same place. So like buying season tickets. Uh, supporting the Irk Russell Fund, supporting the there's like several yes. right. So like, yeah, it's the it's the new NIL collective that started this year. That is what's going to get us. I mean, it's not going to get us Brock Vandegrift, <laughs> but it's going to get us that transfer quarterback. Yeah, um, it's going to get us that star offensive lineman, right? That's transferred from uh, UGA. It, it, that is the fund. That's the bank account that we have to draw from. Um, like it or not, that is the state of college football in America yep. today. Um, it just is. So, um, you know, otherwise you're going to have to work down, um, meaning go to FCS and, and get a kid that, you know, just wants to get more noticed, play against better competition, um, get in the NFL and um, make money there. Um, that's basically your best yeah. route. Yeah, and look at a school um, right. that has recently just – Close their NIL collective in Coastal, and then Coastal. you see the exodus of players that are leaving. So, again, it this stuff matters. Whether you agree with it or whether you think college players need to be paid or not, it's this reality. is the reality that we are in. So we urge you, again, we're not paid by the school or by the athletic department by no, no. means, <laughs> but as just fans of Georgia Southern Athletics, if you can donate to the NIL, donate, to the Eric Russell Fund, um, as well as the athletic department. You don't have to get season tickets to donate to the Eric Russell Fund. You can just donate. I think they have a plan for like five right. bucks a month. Um, yes, they've they been do. trying to do that sort of six now for two or three years, and they haven't gotten it yet. I don't even think they're anywhere close. But again, if no, you if we want to be competitive and whatever college football is going to look like over the next five to 10 years, because it's going to be a completely different sport in terms of how, yeah, for play, man. So depending on what rules and what laws and everything else that gets passed and when all the dust finally settles in probably about five years or so, we need to, as alumni need to try to do our best to put Georgia Southern in the best possible position that we can be in. Doesn't mean that we're going to be up there with the Alabamas or the Georgias, but at the same time, you don't want to be down there with the Mercers and the Western Carolinas or the ULMs. 
Exactly. So, um, this is, this is our time. I know that things are obviously weird with the economy and with inflation up, down. You don't know if it's going sideways, which way, but if you're able to, even if it's just a dollar a day, cup of coffee, a month or cup of coffee, a week's here, McLaughlin, you know, like, yeah. So this is our, this is our fan pitch to our pitch to donate what you can. Yeah. It does. And obviously you don't get to control where that money goes. I get it. And then, you know, you, you get someone that you're unhappy yep. with or they spend it in, in your opinion, the wrong place. I, I, I get it, man. But like, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. Like it's, it's pay for play. That's the state of college football and it's not going to change. It's only going to get yeah. worse. Honestly. And not only is it um, going to get worse, but look at, look at our competition now. Look at what apps doing. Look at what JMU is doing. They're pushing this hard. And we don't need to be left behind because if they right yeah the stores and stuff they have like the store yeah that's the thing it's like yeah like like do capitalize off of names capitalize off of you know you got Badinga or or you know right now third string running back right I mean like do do a whole like collective for him where you're selling shirts if you're like fans of Big Bang Theory which my wife is fans of of like Bazinga Badinga boom. You know, like like on on a shirt, like stuff like that, and sell it. You know, twenty five dollars shirts, and he gets a huge cut of that. And you can only buy it through like this nil collective website, right? Like there, there's there's a ton of opportunities there, and that's what these players are looking for. Um, and and frankly, like you can create opportunities for guys that wouldn't have those opportunities at other schools. Um, but it's the difference, right? You mentioned like coastal ending years right so like are we are we going to compete with the ugas of the world like you said absolutely not ever like probably right like we're just not no Um, unless that kathy kathy brother wants a big donation right right but but we can't compete with like the coastals and nap states of the world and you know so they're in in their collectives well let's do something that they don't offer yeah right and get the same caliber player that they were looking for but instead of like, oh, well, you get playing time at Coastal, blah, 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 you can be a star. You can get the same playing time at George Southern. You can be a star. And you get, a, you know, 70% cut of T-shirt sales yeah. for this thing. Or, or you get to be the face of the yeah. car dealership or whatever. Like, you know, it's yeah, Vidalia Onions, yeah. right? Like, like so, so yeah, I mean, it's that's the state, man. That's, that's, that's just what it, it is. is. And um so we've we've got to find a way to to get that out there and 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 poach those players right that use that leverage that to to sway these players to come to george southern other than these other sunbelt schools yeah yeah if you yeah and that's a great that's a great point if we want to if we want to maintain our level of competition with the top of the group of five we've got to we got to step it up that's just plain and simple Yep, so. yep, yep. Um, cool, Cody. Well, I think that does it for this episode. We'll obviously have another one after the bowl game. I know we did it last year. <laughs> Radio <laughs> silent after. Okay, after to, Buffalo, to be fair, last one. year after the Buffalo game, that was what Christmas time, Christmas, New it Year's. Was. Yeah, it's twenty. The, the My parents were moving into their was. new house. Yeah. Uh, we were getting ready to sell yeah. our house. I think. Have you'd been in Colorado already like a year at this point, right? So 
Uh, I had dealt yes, with a fire. That's right. <laughs> he dealt with the. Um, so we we dealt with the largest fire yes. in Colorado history um, that affected where we lived in Louisville at the time, and uh, and yeah, so we were we were displaced for several weeks. But your home and, at the yeah, time was so not was going porch, right? If I remember correctly. Okay. No, it survived. Yeah, we were in a condo at the time. It was all brick. At the two big neighborhoods around us were. It was like a bomb went off. Yeah, everything was. Yeah, uh, lost. Mm. It and was yeah, most most destructive. Yeah, fire and in for folk, even though that his house was a condo was still up, you still had to deal with smoke inhalation issues with with yeah damage. within your uh, ventilation system. My parents were yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so hopefully because. After this bowl game, the uh, recruiting signing day is what the twentieth. It's a little for, for some reason I think it's later than what it typically is. Um, yep. So yep. they should. I don't know if we'll do a big combo episode of recruiting and final bowl game, but that may be the way that we handle that, or maybe do two separate episodes. Who knows? Yeah. No. We we definitely will have at least one. Um, yeah. There's a lot to pack in there. We'll figure out timing. Um, we'll obviously put that out on the socials. Um, I believe we we might have a uh, a giveaway or a sweepstakes mm. contest uh, with Can Cut. Um, so more details to come there. Um, but yeah, we will definitely have our twenty twenty three slash twenty four season six finale episode following this. Then we'll take a break. Then we'll obviously pick things up in like late spring slash summer of next year. So um, with that, Cody, let's go win the Myrtle Beach yes, Bowl. Yes, let's go win um, the Conway Bowl. And, <laughs> there you go. And as always, Hail Southern. Hail Southern.